Hey, welcome into the Coach Bono's podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recording live at the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisor Group at oagks.com. Don't forget you can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bono's Show. Check out the Facebook page. You can search Coach, Bo- Coach Bono's Show. Find it all there. And you can email us anytime at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 85. And a no point five pod this week. So in here, as normally for our point five, is our co-host, the great Ellen Wingenter, uh, the legal counsel of the Coach Bonos podcast, the token girl. She has great legs and even greater mind in getting ready to go on a vacation for a week. So we're recording a little bit early this week. E, thanks for coming in early. I appreciate you. Hey, no, appreciate uh, getting it done before we head out to Belize and enjoy a week of fun. Yeah, that's cool. You you get to just go and have a good time, and I'm jealous. I don't get to enjoy any fun for a while. Well, you know, it's a pretty cool school trip for a seventh grader, so I'm just glad I can tag along. Seventh grader, a seventh grade trip. Yep. Please. This is a school trip. It's just thirty seventh and eighth graders. That, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. We never run shit like that when I was a seventh and eighth grader. Oh God, no. Yeah. Of course, would you trust me to go seventh and eighth grade? I couldn't be trusted now to go to Belize. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's going down. <laughs> hey, we got a lot of stuff we're going to try to cram into this episode. And uh, I want to start. You were at the Western Conference Finals game one on Tuesday night. Yes. Tell me about your experience. How about that? That was the great game. Nuggets got out to a big lead. And yeah. then huge third quarter. You've warned us about the third quarter of the Nuggets for a while now. Uh, the Lakers shot 75%, got right back in, and then bam, we're in a 10-point game. It ends up being a six-point game when it's all said and done. Nuggets hold on. But tell me about your experience. How was how did it go? You know, it's great. Uh, the, the home fans are really wonderful. Uh, there was a fair amount of – lakers slash lebron fans um we had a couple that was sitting in front of us with lebron jerseys and you know you just never really know if they're actual fans or just lebron stands and so it was it was a really great atmosphere it was a ton of fun seeing Jokic grab i i believe he had 12 rebounds in the first quarter so you knew that he was going to have a fairly big game um we've got to get some bench scoring. It, it can't just sit on the starting five. Uh, but I will say if, if you get a chance to see a good competitive game at ball arena against the nuggets, go see it. It's fun. Um, and uh, just a great, great energy. I know a lot of people really want to see him get to the NBA finals for the first time. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we can continue to have that good luck. Yeah. Uh, to your point, the Nuggets bench scored 19 of their 132 points. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Into the third quarter, I was watching and I was going, hmm, how many points are going to get scored? The over-under was 250. And I went, okay, this is going to slow down. Yeah. And it never did. <laughs> Ended up having uh, – but 258 points scored in the game. I mean, 132 to 126 is an abomination. 
Yeah, but, I mean, they got to show up on the defensive end because if you don't have good games by KCP, for instance, we would have gotten blown out in that game. But KCP went off against the Lakers. Of course, he won a ring with the Lakers in the bubble. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I think it was kind of fun for him to do that. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's it's going to be a slog. It should I hope they don't go seven, but it certainly won't surprise me if they do. Yeah, I mean, it was a game of kind of two halves. I yeah. mean, the Nuggets just controlled the first half. Yes. Ended up with an 18-point lead at the half. And the Lakers got it all the way down to three at one point with a couple of the few minutes to go and yeah. then ended up losing by six. The amazing stat to me from that game, both teams shot over 50% from the field. 54% for the Lakers, both 54%, um, 54.8 to 54.9 yep. uh, from the field. Uh, both teams shot over 45% from three. The difference in the game, you would think, would have been, been the free throw line where the Lakers actually had the advantage. Uh, more shots, 26 to 22, and a higher percentage. But in the end, the quick baskets that – what the dead with the Nuggets do well is something we've talked about for a while now. And kind of my indictment of certain type of basketball is every time they come down, especially late in the game, they value every possession. Yeah. End possessions with a bucket. Yeah. And so they got, yeah. And they got, you know, they were in the double bonus, I believe, by the end of the fourth quarter. Or so they got the opportunity to get a couple of free throws late that were key, yeah. um, even though they were not at the overall advantage. So, yeah, I really wish the NBA would value defense more yeah. than what they do. I, I do think that it's coming around now. Here's what I think is going to happen over the next couple of seasons. You know, we've talked about how I hate Warriors basketball. Right. The, you know, shoot threes, shoot threes, shoot threes. Well, what's the big knock on the Warriors now? The knock, the knock is if they're not shooting well, they can't win, and they can't get to the free throw line because they don't go to the basket. Right. You know, that's where, like, these knuckleheads on Twitter who are talking about, you know, the game is rigged. You know, how come the, the Lakers went to the line double the amount of times the, the Warriors did? Well, it's because the Lakers always go to the basket. Right. And the Nuggets do that as well. Well, mm-hmm. the Nuggets do, I think, better than everybody. They get, they, especially in the second half, they value every possession. And you'll see Jokic, Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Gordon, they're not afraid to take an eight foot, a 10 foot shot because they're going to okay. make them. Yeah. They're going to make them. They're going to run the shot clock clear down to under five. I was watching the game with my wife, and Jen says, Well, they got to get going, don't they? And I said, No. They're not going to try anything until they got eight on the shot clock, and then they'll make two more passes. Yep. And put a shot up with three on the shot clock because they're not trying to find the open three. They want to get value, and value is shortening the game and getting a good bucket. Right. So the Lakers outshot them, and the Lakers scored eight points more than them in the second in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But every possession. You kept knocking down how many, and the Lakers were shooting just 
those wicked threes going down every which way. But even they couldn't catch up because every time it was two points. It was two. Right. You can't catch up 15 that way, that quickly. Yeah. Um, the war of attrition can only go so far when you're trading threes for twos yeah. and you're trying to make it up. Yeah. So uh, it was a great game. I hope, I mean, I was a little worried because I'm, I'm ready for the Nuggets because I want the opportunity to go to a game in the finals. <laughs> um, but I'm also a LeBron stan. I mean, you guys know I love LeBron. He's my favorite player in the NBA right now. Um, I'm one of those people that thinks he's every bit as good as Jordan. Um, it's just he is who he is. Sure. And I, I know I'm in the minority in some of that, but I just – he's at 38, he's still really incredible. He showed it. Oh, for LeBron, sure. He was 26, 12, and 9 in that game. Yeah, I mean, I don't oh, know what chirogenic chamber, hyperbolic chamber he's hanging out in in between games, but um, he's certainly – it's certainly for the playoffs. He's figured out how to take care of himself well enough to just be on fire. Yeah, and I know that I'll, – I'll hear the argument that Michael Jordan was a better basketball player than LeBron, but he's nowhere near the athlete LeBron is. LeBron might be in the top two or three athletes I've ever seen. Okay. I mean – Bo Jackson is the number one athlete I've ever seen, but LeBron is every bit the athlete. I mean, just and to still be that same level of athlete, thirty-eight years old, no one's ever done that. No, no, and it'll be interesting. You know, I'm sure he he's planning on his two-year runway of Bronny playing for USC, yeah. this upcoming season, and then getting to play with him for a season and then retiring, but. I also wouldn't be surprised if, depending on where his body is, if he decides not to play another year or two after that. Yeah, I mean, he, and it does help him that we have so much technology and so much medical information and science yeah. to help with that. And he's one of those people that takes it very seriously and invests in yeah. that. Players who do that, who spend hundreds of thousands, in LeBron's case, millions of dollars. Yep. To keep himself going, Kobe Bryant did the same thing late in his career. Yeah, and I mean, he was always a health person, but he went over to Europe in the off season and did things there that you couldn't do here. Right, made, right, all within the rules, you know. Yep. Just you know, I'm not. He's not. He's not cheating. He wasn't. You know, he wasn't doing steroids. He wasn't doing human growth hormones. But some of the no, things. No, but with the platelet transfusions and yeah. that. Stuff. Yeah, and that's totally legal. So I mean, it's good to do that. Um. So I, I do find that interesting, and I think that we're in for a battle in the West Coast. Uh, yeah. The East starting now. We're recording this Wednesday. It's before the game for the game one of the East. We'll kind of talk more about that next week. But, um, you know, Boston and Miami. I I'm disappointed that Boston won Game Seven, and okay. in the end, I think it's all because the Sixers forgot what got them there. The Sixers gave up in that game. They did. They absolutely they gave up in games six and seven. Yeah. They they totally just said we're gonna forget who we are. What got them ahead in that series was the two-man game, and then between with Harden and um Embiid, and then Tyrese Maxey just coming off those screens. They forgot all about that in game six and seven. Yeah. And it, People are talking about Jason Tatum scoring 50, and that's great. And he was great. And I yeah. gave Jason Tatum a lot of shit last week. But 
he's not the reason they won the game. He had a great game, but they won that game because the Sixers handed it to him. I agree. So, I mean, we can go back, and I'm not going to talk all about that now. But now we've got the Celtics, and this is the team that you know, they haven't finished the job. They haven't got to the finals and won, and they're going to play the Heat. Yep. Heat got playoff Jimmy. Yep. Jimmy and I think the Heat have the best coach in the NBA. I, I think a lot of times coaching doesn't matter in the NBA as much as it does in other leagues. But the one guy that I think is better than everybody else is Eric Spolster. I, I think he's incredible. Yep. And I think he's a Hall of Famer as a coach. What he's done in his career in Miami has been fantastic. And this is not a great, great team with the Heat, but they can win and they can beat the Celtics. Oh, I think they can. I don't know if they will. It's going to take Jimmy Butler putting his team on his back. Yeah. But if anyone's going to have a way of taking Tatum out of a game and taking Jalen Brown out of a game, mm-hmm. it's going to be Eric Spolster who comes up with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, it'll be a good chess match. And, uh, you know, it's who's going to show out to get their money? Because I believe Jalen Brown is a free agent after this season. So Yes, and he gets he is eligible for a max deal because he was third team All-NBA. Yeah. So that's the question now. The issue is going to be who's going to pay that guy 60 million because that's what he's eligible for. Yep. Celtics can't do that. They, there's just no way. I mean, it's not a cap situation. It's how do you give that guy that much money to be Robin to Batman? Right. You know, I mean, he's going he to have to go somewhere. He's Robin, though, either, you know. No, he really isn't. I mean, he's one of those three guys. I mean, Smart's the other one who's been great. And what I love, do like about the Celtics team is that there are a whole lot of guys who play different positions. Yep. It's like, let's go get five of the best athletes and put them on the floor. And we'll run with you or we'll shoot with you. Or but the thing I think the thing I don't like about the Celtics, they can shoot themselves into any game. But they can shoot themselves right out of a game too. Sure. They will lose a game in this series because they'll shoot themselves right out of the game. They'll have one of those four of 24 from three and they'll lose by 20. Right. It'll happen. Yeah. And so if from the heat, that I'm guessing that's what Spolster's going to do, he's going to say, hey, don't let Tatum drive. Make him dish, make him shoot, and see how it goes from there. Yeah. So I'm going to watch the game one and see how that goes here in a little bit and see. That's what I'm guessing he does. But I mean, he's a lot better coach than I could even dream of being. Especially <laughs> not. Um, uh, he'll have he'll have something up his sleeve that no one's thinking about, too. No doubt. Yeah. So there, there's where we are on that. Who are you picking, real quick, before we get into everything else? Um, I'll probably, I would like to see the Heat win it, frankly. Yeah. Um, I think the Heat's Nuggets matchup would just be super fun to see because I would like to see somebody lock Jimmy Butler down and either Aaron Gordon, I think would be very solid in doing that. And you get CB rotating in on him too. And it just be very entertaining. 
Christian Brown, he, a couple times he had LeBron last night. And I was yeah. like, um, yeah, that may not work at times. He, he <laughs> was on K- he did. And he, he was on KT during the last series. Yeah, he, he held his own. Um, I want to root for the Heat, but I think the Celtics are going to win. Okay. I just think that they're going to put, they're going to be, there's going to be a game, whether it's a game six or a game seven, where they're just going to shoot the lights out. And that's what's going to be, it's going to be too much to give to get around. Okay. They'll shoot themselves out of a game. They'll shoot themselves into a game. And they're just a better roster. They're a sure. better team. I mean, Spolstra and Butler will try to carry and, and, and can get rid of some things. If it's close, late, I like the heat and close games. Yeah, for sure. But I like the Celtics. Celtics are going to have a couple of these games. They get up 12 to 15, and they're just going to keep pouring it on you. Okay. And they, they play good defense. So, Yeah. And then in the West, I like the Nuggets. I still think the Nuggets are the better team. I think the Nuggets are the best team. I bet on them in the beginning. Of the, I hope they're going to pull this out. As much as I'm a LeBron stan, I don't see even as well as as good as Anthony Davis is playing. Mm-hmm. Still don't see how those two are going to beat that Nuggets team, especially the Nuggets having home court. Yeah. No. I agree. Be, yeah. It's, it's, it's imperative. Gonna- it's imperative for the Lakers to take game two. Yes, they if if they they need to steal a game, it would be great for the Nuggets to steal a game, but I yeah. don't think it's likely that they do it at Staples Center or whatever the hell it's called these days, Crypto Center. Um, but if the Lakers want any shot at it, they have to take game two. Let's just call the arena uh, funnymoney.com. There you go. So, um, yeah, I, I like the Nuggets' chances, especially being up 1-0, and I do like what they've got going. So I'm thinking it'll be a Nuggets-Celtics finals, in which case we're going to be laden with stars, but I think the Nuggets will just take it to the Celtics too. That would be fun. Yeah, it'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, we'll have to figure out a time for me to come up to a game. All right. All right. We're going to move on here. I um, I wanted to talk about there is. Um, let's do this. Let's do this part first. Another basketball piece. And that's John ja Morant. Yep. OK, so people are, are up in arms. I'm up in arms about it, too. I don't like it either. John ja Morant was with somebody who posted an IG live video. And in the video goes, Morant's got a gun again. Yep. He's came off a suspension about a gun and everything else. Now he's suspended from team activities. I don't really know what he's suspended from. I mean, he's basically team activities, but he's not going to make any appearances. Um, the league's going to investigate this. There's a couple of things on this. One, I want to talk about people who are, I've seen a lot of different stuff, and you kind of have to gauge it off of Twitter, unfortunately. Sure. And Twitter's like the best of us and the worst of us at the same time. Yep. Especially the worst of us. And we're hearing people say, Jaws got to get better people around him. But if you watch the video, have you seen the video? Yeah. Homeboy, thinking the video, decides he sees the gun and he puts the video down. Like, no, no, no. He knew what was up. Morant's people, his buddies, his parents, who are in, in big parts of his life. Yep. They seem to know what's up. Unfortunately, he appears to be the problem. 
This is job being young and stupid. Yeah. I, I'm rooting for John Moran. I, yeah. you, and if you listen to this podcast, you know, I'm a fan. I think he is just a wicked talent. And I want to root for him. I like the whole Memphis thing. I, in a way, I think he wants to embody what Memphis is. But he has to hold himself to a higher standard because it's not just about him and being young. It's about him, his team, an organization there, his deal with Nike, and the generational wealth he can get from being an NBA, a top-notch NBA player and his Nike deal, which is now in jeopardy. Yep. Those are the kind of things that change your family for generations. Yes. And it's not like he came from a situation where it wasn't taught to him. He did not come from a bad family. We're not ever going to see a John Morant story about him growing up in the mean streets of wherever. This guy came from a middle-class home with two working suburban parents mm-hmm. who apparently have raised him pretty right. Yeah. But now he wants to thug it out. Now, and I hate using that word thug. Right, let me let me apologize for saying that first. Like, what I mean is he's doing some things he shouldn't be doing. But what got me in this, when I started thinking about the Morant thing, wasn't just the gun issue, and I do have a problem. He needs to take more um, self-awareness of what he's doing and the situations he's in. But what I also figured, I asked you about this before we got on the air. You and I kind of agreed on this. I want to hear your thoughts on this as well. What's funny to me, I don't hear any of the Second Amendment people defending John Moran. Of course not. And we can speculate as to why, and I will in a moment. But I went on Twitter. This was Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. Searched John Moran and everything going on. And I started looking for pundits. I mean, like sports pundits, uh, gun nut pundits, anything. Mm -hmm. And saying, who is defending John Morant's actions? I saw one person of any notoriety say, wait a minute, doesn't he have a right, a second Second Amendment right to have a weapon? Sure. Bill Kane from Fox News. Okay. Which, if you know Will Kane, formerly of ESPN, now Fox News. That's on brand for him with the Second Amendment stuff. Absolutely. But it's not on brand for him to defend a young black man. Oh, God, no. Which is the reason, in my view, why we're not seeing a lot of people defend John Morant right now. I'll say this. If John Morant was Nikola Jokic, or if he was... How about Austin Reeves? Austin Reeves, great example. I was about to go there too. If it was Austin Reeves, we would be, oh God, he's got the right to have a gun. Yes. That's true. He does. does. A a thousand percent. I fully agree with you on this. And I do think a lot of it is a race issue because the 2A gun nuts are scared of black people having guns because that means that they can fight back. And, and and that's what, so I was having this thought Sunday and I had to go to a Mother's Day event. I'll just come out and say it, at my in-laws house. Uh-huh. 
One of their friends is a big Second Amendment guy. He even had the 2A hat on while we were there. No, oh, geez. And I didn't want to start any shit because I just, it was, everybody was having a nice time. I didn't want to start yeah. anything. But I really wanted to go, hey, man, you, you good with John Morant? Because I know what the answer would have been. Huh? What? You know, that brother with the gun. No, it's not the same. We're using yeah. a, a different set of terms and a different set of of rules and handrails here. Yes. And I don't like that. Now, look, I agree with his right to have a gun. Mm-hmm. I like that it needs to be licensed. Yes. And I'd like him to not be a fucking knucklehead and take it out at a strip club. Which is what happened in the first incident. Yes. Incident. Second one, he's here. in the car. Yeah, the first one was here in Denver after Memphis yeah. lost yeah. to the Nuggets. And the second time is in a car. Yep. Now, this is the same guy who got in trouble for shining a laser pointer, a, a um, one that comes off a gun, yep. into yep. team bus after a game. This this guy is. I don't. He doesn't get it. And this is what I talk about when I say like the Second Amendment stuff has to kind of be set aside and say, hey. We've got to have some regulation. And again, you got every right to have a gun. You want to have a gun? Fine. Register the motherfucker. Don't be a knucklehead with your gun. This guy's been knucklehead twice now. Yeah. He's lucky he ain't shot anybody or himself, like, like a Plaxico Burris kind of thing. Right. So I'll defend him on his right to have that, but I wish we would see those people who usually want to defend your second amendment rights where are they at yeah <clears throat> i mean I, you and i are very you, much I I I yeah you know where's the thing of it is too i think is i don't know what it's going to take for ja in particular to get out of his head that he's invincible because mm-hmm. that seems to be what some of this is. Yeah. That he's like, ah, it'll be fine. I'll I'll get suspended for eight games. Well, if he gets suspended for a half a season, you know, you're you're sinking your team. Yeah. Just because you decided you needed to flash a piece for what reason? I mean, I'm I'm still not sure why he feels he needs to carry a weapon, but again, to your point. It's his right to do so. Sure it is. Yeah, I'm not denying that for a minute, but why does he have a need to do that? Right. I mean, use he, what he needs to understand is that he has a responsibility to everyone in that locker room. Mm-hmm. He has a responsibility to everyone around him. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. Have you seen the new Elvis movie, the one that came out last year? Yeah. Yeah, there's a scene in that movie where Elvis gets mad at all of his people. He's at a back lot in a movie and he's pissed because he had to work that day and he's tired and he sees somebody fucking up and he goes, hey, look, I'm the only one working here. I'm the only one working 12 hours a day and doing this and doing that. And I got all you motherfuckers here I'm taking care of. Uh-huh. That's what he's basically saying. And he's just going off. He's like, look, you could all go back to fucking Memphis for all I care. Right. Ja has people that are dependent on him, good or bad. He's got people to depend on him. Yep. Part of being who that is. You want to build that hundreds of millions in income? You want to be that wealthy? 
people will rely on you. Yes. And yes. That, I get it's a hard case for a 22-year-old man to understand. But he just had a talking to about it less than a month ago. I mean, that's the thing. A month ago. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, he has to know better. Yeah. He has to. He has to. He has to. His people understand it. His boys are like, no, 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 no. But it's getting through to him that. Yes. And I don't know what he can do at this point. He's already lost. Oh, I bet it's like a hundred million that he's going to lose in not now not being able to get a max contract. Yeah. Because he's not top three in the NBA, all NBA teams, because right. he missed time because with suspension. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's that's just so frustrating to see that because, again, this is what I was rooting for. I mean, we, we wanted to do this in podcast. It's all about the Grizzles. I like yep. their get And I like him. Yep. Oh, man, I almost feel like it's in the front. Like, come on, man, I'm rooting for you. People are rooting for you. Get through this right. It just bothers me. Yeah, that that lack of common sense that doesn't seem to be kicking in for whatever reason is just yeah. odd. Yeah. Um, last NBA thing I want to talk about, and this was something that you and I again we kind of briefly hit on, and we were just going to kind of gloss it real quick here. We're at the NBA finals or the, the conference finals now, but now we're already seeing who's upset about not getting to the final four. Yep. Uh, the Bucks, the Suns, and the Sixers have all fired coaches. Yep. Doc Rivers is gone. Monty Williams is gone. Mike Budenhauser is gone. Uh, Budenhauser was fired right after the first round when they got swept in round one. Um, the Bucks did. And those were like the top three records or something like that? Um, or they the both, all, the all three of them? What's the that? Bucks were the number one seed in the East. Right. Uh, let me get this right. The Sixers were the three seed uh, and lost to the Celtics, did not make the conference finals. Right. In the West, the Suns were the four seed, did not make the conference finals. Um, and the Suns, let's take a rule kind of one case at a time. Budenholzer, that's a um, look, he's got Giannis. He's got a couple other pieces. That's not a well put together team. It's no, just, but he also just won a championship not yes. that long ago. <laughs> it's like okay, you you're gonna run Giannis out there, and you've got a couple other pieces. Um, and I'm trying to think. You've got um, you got Giannis. You've got um, Goran Dragic, who I like. Drew Holiday, who I really like, uh, and Chris Middleton, who I think is a really good player. Yeah. You've got some pieces, but you can't be the number one seed and get swept in the first round. Right. And that's what happened. You just can't have that, plain and simple. So he's out. Then the Sixers fired Doc Rivers. And the report that I saw today was that this is James Harden. This is James Harden saying, I want to be more like me. Okay. Now, I watched a lot of the Sixers this season. The reason the Sixers were the third seed was because of the two-man game. They made Harden play with Embiid. Right. It, James Harden's great. But James Harden's game is 
three dribbles and a, and a, and a drop back three, yep. which is the exact opposite of what Doc Rivers wanted him to do. And they went and won 54 games with Joel Embiid and, and Harden playing together. And James Harden, we said two weeks ago, James Harden had basically revived his career this season. Yes. He, he hadn't played this good in five years. Right. But he wanted Doc Rivers out. I just totally disagree. And I think that I'll, I'll listen to they gave up on Doc in games six and seven. And if you believe that, then you may have to let him go. But if your star player in Harden comes along and says, well, I want to be more of me. And I can't do it with this guy. That's a problem because he got the best out of you. Best you've played in five years. Right. Especially when you're on the backside of your career and you're trying to get a ring. I mean, come on. And, and and they've got some pieces too. I mean, you look at that. You look at him. You look at Maxi. Um, Ma- Maxi, I think, is great. He's the fastest yeah. guy I've seen in the NBA. I mean, what he does sometimes is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and he can shoot. And then he, the way he can shoot the open shot, but then also get the pass. And if you over pursue him on the three, he just gets up under you and he's gone to the basket. Exactly. And I mean, we, we, that's what they were missing against the Celtics in Game Six and Seven. So. Uh, the document, Monty Williams. All right, I'm a Monty Williams fan. Uh, and and I think that in the Suns, I think he got a raw deal here. Um, I think Monty Williams got a raw deal. He got fired by the Pelicans five years ago. I don't disagree. I mean, I think the Suns are a little bit unique having a new owner come in. Yeah, that, I can see your point there. That's a great point. Because I think that's probably driving a lot that some billionaire wants to create his own stamp with his own coach and some bullshit. Yeah. If that's the excuse, I can deal with that. But what I'll say on Monty Williams' behalf here, you go get Durant, Kevin Durant, late in the season. Then he gets hurt before his first game and misses two more weeks. Yeah. You basically got about a 10-day period before the playoffs that you had Durant, Booker, Paul, and Aiden. Then Paul gets hurt in the first round. Right. Then DeAndre Aiden decided in the second round, he don't want to basketball anymore. I mean, he's just literally standing around at times. So weird. And then he's hurt. So now you got Devin Booker and Kevin Durant trying to carry a team. They're trying to score 75 points between the two of them every game. And it doesn't but, matter who the coach is. You can put yeah, put Red Auerbach out there with him or, or Pat Riley, and they're not going to win games. Yeah. Even if one of those players is Kevin Durant. So I just think that in, in my view, it's a little bit of a problem just because I think Monty didn't have a lot of success at the end because they weren't built for it situationally. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you can uh... – get in free agency and get lucky and put a team together that has good chemistry. But to your point, when you don't have time to actually build that chemistry, it gets real hard, real quick. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, I've, I've heard some people talk about, well, maybe Kerr is done at golden state. Does he slide over somewhere else that he can actually, have something different 
you know, yeah. uh, Kelvin Sampson evidently was interviewing with the Bucks. So some of these coaching shifts are going to be interesting in the offseason, especially as we lead into the draft. Yeah. I think it'll be funny also, not that funny, but I think it'll be interesting to see how many college coaches come to the NBA. Because if you're going to deal with NIL, you might as well get paid in the NBA. Yeah. I mean. And a Kelvin Sampson, he's already been in the NBA as an assistant coach for a long time. You know, when he got fired from Oklahoma, that's kind of how he rebuilt his image. He went to the NBA, a couple of benches as a bench coach, and then went to Houston. Uh, with with the uh, University of Houston, and he's been great. Yeah, I he's think been a great fit for him. I think he'd be a great fit for that team too. I think whoever hires him is hiring a great coach. I, I'm a Kelvin Sampson fan. I think he is a great coach. I think he I got agree. a little bit of a deal at Oklahoma at the end of his time there. Absolutely, a thousand percent. So um, I kind of put him and Quinn Snyder in that same category. I think Quinn Snyder got fucking hosed at Missouri, and he went to the NBA. And when he went to the NBA as an assistant coach, he was downright great. And then went to the G League and dominated. Now he's a head coach in the NBA and he's great. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of giggling because he's a Missouri guy. but Well, it's not only because he was a Missouri guy and a Duke guy, but he was a cocaine guy. So I think he's maybe a little bit over his skis in the college realm and the NBA professional setting just suited him better, frankly. You may be right on that. That's that's a good thought. So that's our, our NBA stuff. Um, let's get to a couple of fun things uh, that are kind of peripheral to sports. And that is, it's been a really good week to be Pat McAfee. Yeah. So last week, Pat McAfee, if you're not familiar, he has a great YouTube show about sports. He's, he's fucking fantastic. Their show is great. Um, and he, you ever see his show or listen to his show? You know, I haven't. I follow him on Twitter, so sometimes I'll watch some snippets. But he's great on Twitter. Yep. Um, He has built a huge brand. He started on Barstool, left Barstool, went on his own, got a huge deal with FanDuel. Uh, Now he's walking away from his FanDuel deal. Yep. Where they were giving him thirty. Now, way it was working, he got his production company got thirty million dollars per year for four years, put together the Pat McAfee show. That's how he had to pay his staff, pay himself, but then do all the work. Yeah, it seemed like that was a little too much. He doesn't want to be the producer; he wants to be the talent. So ESPN has come in. ESPN, we knew. I think we all saw this coming a little bit. Well, he was yeah. On- After he joined Game Day and got to have that experience of a well-produced production, yeah. I'm sure that's when the discussion yeah. started. Well, yeah, then. So it's game day and the McAfee cast. They had a couple of games. They did yeah. a McAfee cast like the Manning cast. And he's just a great personality. Well, ESPN at there, they call him they call him the uh, upfronts this week. They just announced that Pat McAfee's show is moving to ESPN. Mm-hmm. In the fall, it'll be on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and the ESPN YouTube channel. Yep. He's getting, they won't say a number, but they're saying in the eight figures per year. Jesus. Yeah. So he's getting as much money, if not more, than like Stephen A. Smith. Right. But the audience he brings is a totally different audience. And it's football-centric, which is great because they need a little more of that. Um, And it's not just – and I love Stephen A. Don't get me wrong. 
But the difference is if you watch like Stephen A and Greenberg, and I fucking hate Greenberg, but um, they're very New York centric. Yes. And they're very Northeast centric. And yeah. it's the Jets and the Giants and the in the in the Knicks and the Yankees. And we don't want to hear all that. It, it's it's almost like as if ESPN's production forgets that more people live outside the tri-state area in this country than live in it. Yes, for sure. And um, I think that McAfee is a piece to try to get the, the draw in that audience, especially him being a Midwest guy. I mean, he's, he embodies that. Yeah, I he does. And I think, I don't think this would have happened had he not landed so well on game day this season. I think so too. I think the game day very much was a tryout for him. Um, and, you know, the idea of him essentially replacing uh, Lee Corso when he decides to fully step back, given his age and health issues. So it's, I'm going to be interested to see how they combine because I, I don't know what his contract is around game day. And then if he's doing. They haven't really talked about it. Okay. So I don't know how that's all going to play together with him doing a daily show in the middle of the day. It's coming up after get up and that kind of stuff. Um, And first take. And then also having to plan for game day during college football season do they start looping him in more to NFL coverage? It's, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting to see what exactly his scope is going to be with ESPN. He is is going, according to the thing I see here on ESPN, he's going to continue his analyst role on ESPN's college game day and host alternate broadcast of ESPN's college football telecasts. So he's still going to have the McAfee cast as well as well as game day. Now, for instance, I remember when they had game day in Lawrence this year. Yeah. He did his show from here. They just had to have, they just had a, a one shot camera on him. Yep. And that was fed into the YouTube feed. While um, um, AJ Hawk hosts yep. the show back at, in Indianapolis where they, where they film it. And he gets to use that same studio, same everything in Indy. Um, and I think that, I'm not sure on this, but I believe that Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions is going to be involved with this. I know they were with the the McAfee cast as well. So I think that's where some of this is coming. I think the production piece is going to be through through Peyton and Uh through Omaha Productions, which would be a coup if it is for him as well. Oh, for sure. And a lot of that has to do with his Peyton Manning's relationship with ESPN. I mean, they're they're providing so much content. They're now starting to work on a Serena Williams documentary. I saw that. That um, the next documentary that ESPN is putting together, and that's actually being done through Omaha Productions. Yeah, her- the, it's supposed to be the follow-up to the Tom Brady in the arena. So that'll be super interesting. But two, I mean, he his first child was just born. <laughs> so his wife just you know gave birth last week so i just kind of wonder all of this is coming real fast and it seems to be like a whole lot does he all of a sudden regret 
over stretching himself. I don't know. Quick. I think it has to do more with the other production pieces and everything else. That's what I'm okay. guessing. You know, that's the fair. thing that's cool is that these kids keep, keep, keep all these guys too. I think mean, that probably was a big deal to Mac. Keep all well, guys. yeah. I mean, that's kind of when Dan Levitard was cut from ESPN, he took everybody with him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now it's funny because everyone that didn't go with him is starting to trickle out with him now. Yeah. Yeah. The only one who hasn't left is Bomani Jones and he has an HBO deal now. So. Exactly. So yeah, he's good. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's funny. Um, the other McAfee news is that I love how he announced it back on Friday. Um, it was Thursday on his show last week. Pat McAfee announced that he is no longer being sued by Brett Favre. Brett Favre has dropped his um, his litigation against Pat McAfee. Um, Pat McAfee just railed on him about stealing, basically stealing money from the poorest people in Mississippi, which yeah. is what Brett Favre has done. Um, how Brett Favre is avoiding jail right now, I have no idea. I just don't get it how he's avoiding jail. But he, man, should be in prison. He should be in prison with Ted DiBiase Jr. When DBS he goes up soon, but it's the same deal. Yeah, but again, you know, I guess being the son of the million dollar man wasn't wasn't good for Ted DBS Jr. Yeah, that's so much. <laughs> but uh, here's the quote from um, from Favre: "I'm happy that Pat and I have settled this litigation." Like Pat said, he was attempting to be funny and not commenting based on any personal knowledge. We'd both mother we both much rather talk about football. Um, McAfee, when he came on his podcast or his show, which is also a podcast, um, announced this. He said, "His his quote, as previously stated, I respect the hell out of Brett Favre, the football player, and his Hall of Fame career on the field. I have no personal knowledge of any case involving Brett in Mississippi. I am pleased to report that based solely on me again clarifying these points now, with no settlement paid." Brett is withdrawing his suit against me. Listen, these these lawsuits that Brett Favre filed were frivolous to begin with and would and will, I think two out of the three have been dismissed anyways. Yeah. Will get thrown out. Yeah. And let me let me go ahead and just use some of the same quotes McAfee originally used. Uh Brett Favre is a thief, as Matt Pat McAfee said. I'll say it. He's a fucking thief. Yep. Um, he's stealing from the poorest people in Mississippi. Which again, th- we know where the scam came from. We know where that money came from. Yeah, from and, the welfare uh, fund. Yeah. And if Brett Favre wants to sue me, I'm glad to countersue. That's what McAfee didn't do. But goddamn right, O'Connor will. I'll come get that son of a bitch. Yeah. I'll take I'll take his fucking property in Mississippi and I'll own kill Mississippi. He can go enjoy his time in federal prison. So, I mean, look, he stole, he was part of a deal that stole $77 million from the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families Program. Yeah. And he knew he was doing it. He knew it. So fuck that guy. I'm glad McAfee didn't have to, McAfee said he didn't have to hire an attorney. He did this all himself. Good. So I'm glad, but still, McAfee ought to be able to, I want to see McAfee versus Brett Favre in a UFC fight. Yeah. Favre will just pull out his dick and say, look. Yeah, and McAfee will kick him in it. <laughs> Pretty 
much. <laughs> I like to be the referee. I'd hand him a steel chair like it's the WWE. Yeah. So bad. I'm also assuming that McAfee's deal means he can't go to announce, go back to announcing the WWE. I, when what I'm hearing, he's not going to be going back there. Well, can, with the merger with U, UFC buying WWE, yeah, I would imagine that there's uh, some exclusivity built into that ESPN contract. Well, yeah, but you know, UFC has a good partnership with ESPN. It wouldn't surprise. You know, it, Maybe he'll end up doing some USC fights then. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be funny. So I want to jump on that. Um, I let's uh change change gears for a moment. Okay. We've had some fun. We have taken a couple weeks off from doing this, and we know that you know Coach Bo has decided he's a free agent. Yes. I'm really enjoying my free agency, but I'm enjoying looking at Twitter and looking at all the my, my former brethren, the New Orleans Saints fans who think they're actually a good team. They're not. And uh, I actually have a saving strategy that you can use. Um, I've been doing this every couple, every few days. Whenever I have a, a good winnings on Caesars or DraftKings, DraftKings, remember, is the official po- uh, sponsor of the Coach Bono's podcast. Check out the show notes link. Get yourself $100 free in free bets when you make your first deposit. So um, anytime I have a win, you know, a couple hundred dollars, I put $25 on the Saints under nine and a half wins because they're going to be off. Okay. Tell me that. And so I've got like five or six of them, 25 bucks each time. Just I'm looking at it as a savings account because in January, when the season's over and the Saints win like five games because they're awful and Derek Carr's their quarterback and Dennis Uh Allen's their coach. And I told him so. Um, I'm going to cash all that money in and be like, hey, this is a little extra savings. I appreciate that. Thank you, Saints. Because nice. they're fucking awful. I heard they have the, they supposedly have the easiest schedule in the NFL based on last season's win-loss strength um, of schedule. Win-loss, strength yep. of schedule win-loss. But that means nothing because how many teams are different this year than last? Yeah. I mean, so yeah. Um, and every team literally in the, in the, um, in the NFC South is better than them. So maybe you can argue Tampa's not, but there Atlanta is way past them. Carolina's way past them. Yeah. And you just look at the quarterback. So you got to do it. So anyway, we have gone into the Coach Bo's free agency where I'm going to pick a new team to root for. And it's a one-year deal. It's a one-year contract that renews, but I will go back to the Saints upon the firing of Dennis Allen, the cutting of Dennis Allen and the offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael, and upon the release of Derek Carr. I'm willing to go back. I did give him a contingent. The reason we haven't talked about this for a couple of weeks is I said, hey, at the draft time, I said, if they go and draft Hendon Hooker, Mm -hmm. that means they're smart and they're willing to make a deal late in the draft and do that, then I could come back into the fold. Right. They didn't do that. I hated their draft. Absolutely despised it. But it was the worst draft of the 32 teams that I love what I would pay attention to. So I've eliminated 12 teams. I'm going to review those 12 teams. The first elimination was Dallas, Kansas City, Atlanta, San Francisco. I had reasons for all these. I'll go back in the, in the archives and you'll figure, you'll see why. Round two, we, we took out the Ravens, the Jaguars, the Packers. Round three, I eliminated Cleveland. I eliminated the Jets. I eliminated Arizona, Carolina. 
and Tampa. So everybody from the NFC South had to go because you can't jump in the same division. You can't right. Go. A couple of front-running teams I couldn't go to. Today is going to be a purge. Today we are eliminating eight teams. Oh, wow. Okay. We're, we're going to be close. And actually, I think we're going to make it nine. We're going to make it nine because then we'll be down to our final ten. Okay. Okay, so here's where we're at. Teams being eliminated today. The Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know what direction they're going, but they remind me of the line from Bull Durham where the guy says, I don't know what, what game these boys are playing, but it sure ain't baseball. It's kind of how I feel about the Raiders in football. They just, I don't know what game they're playing, but it sure ain't football. I'm not down with that. Fair enough. I'm not willing to go to the to the maybe rebuilding project of the Tennessee Titans. I liked their draft a little bit, but I'm still not down with Ryan Tannehill as my quarterback. I couldn't do that. So there the Titans are gone. Okay. There's a ten, there's a Tennessee note we'll talk about later, though. Yes. The Washington Commanders. New ownership, new coaching staff, or the new offensive coordinator. Still don't have a quarterback. I'm just not quite ready. They're eliminated. This one could have been a contender, but the quarterback is important. My boy Barry Kingery, I had lunch with him today. We were talking about this, and I said, I'm going to eliminate your Minnesota Vikings. If Kirk Cousins was not their quarterback, they could have been in the top 10 for sure, and maybe the top five. Okay. Because I like a lot of what I see there, but I can't go with Kirk Cousins. So they're gone. The Los Angeles Rams. I don't know what the fuck this team is doing. It, I like McVay. I like Aaron Donald. I like I like some of this defense they've got. Mm-hmm. I don't trust the offense. I don't think they're very good, and they're not situated to improve in the next couple of years. Okay. Not want a team that's going to improve. The Rams are out. The next one is a little personal for me. This is because I couldn't just go with Sean Payton to Denver. I because I had some fundamental disagreements with Sean Payton over the last 10 years. Okay. Times where I think he gets too cute with play calling, and there's things that just that drive me crazy. I could not keep my basically my blood pressure would increase too high if I was a Broncos fan. So the Broncos they just suck. I I still think they can improve. The hardest part for them, they're in a division with the Chargers and the Chiefs. That's gonna be really hard for them to improve. But they're better than the Raiders, and they will improve from last year just because Sean Payton will make them improve. I don't know if you heard the um, the quote from practice this past weekend. They signed um, one of the, the the quarterback. He was with the Cowboys and then went to the XFL, and now he's yeah. with the yeah, – I guess at uh, practice this past weekend, he threw a pick six at practice, um, and Sean Payton's quote was, they're hiring baggers at Walmart. Danucci is the quarterback, yeah. 
So I can't, I, I love lines like that. I love some of the, how he gets down and he's, and he's all business, but, mm-hmm. and I think that, and I always be, will be thankful for him and Drew Brees' time in new Orleans. That sure. really brought my fandom to like the, the peak there, but my blood pressure could not take being a Sean Payton fan again. Understood. Same division, the chargers. Um, this is a team that can ascend. I like the ownership. I like the quarterback. I like a lot of the pieces. And that's a team that can win that division. They can win the West. They they could absolutely give the Chiefs a run. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not also not going to be the guy who's a fan of a team in the same division with my local team. Okay. And have to do that fight that battle twice a year. I'm just not doing it. Understood. The other one, I wanted to root for this team. I wanted to put them in the top ten. Hell, I wanted them to go all the way when they made the pick. They're going to fuck the pick up. The Indianapolis Colts. Now, I hate the Colts. I hate the, I hate their ownership. I hate what they've done. But I like me some Anthony Richardson. But Indianapolis is going to fuck that up. They are. They're just going to fuck it up. I feel bad for the kid. So, Indy, you're gone. Last elimination. This was a tough one. This was a tough one. That was the Miami Dolphins. Okay. The Dolphins were a tough one. Um, I like a lot of their get down. I like a lot of what they're going here. We're getting to the nut cutting part where it's going to be hard to eliminate some of these teams. I mean, my Bears are still there. Yes, there's reasons. I'm going to review who's still remaining here in a minute. But our last cut this week is the Miami Dolphins, which brings us to the top 10. Okay. Ten teams remaining who are now vying for Coach Bo's fandom in no particular order. The Seattle Seahawks, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Giants, the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, the Houston Texans, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals, the New England Patriots, and the Buffalo Bills. We will par this down to a to a five sometime in the next two to three weeks. Okay. But there's your 10 that are left. We've gone from 32 to 10. Is there anybody you think I have to cut from that 10 list? Not that I'm going to give it any credence, but I'm going to at least give you let you say something. So here's the thing that I will say about the Pats. There will be a coaching change within the next three years. Yes, most likely. He's just old. And how does that go into your game planning? So the Patriots and the Dolphins vied for the 10th spot. Okay. I went with the Patriots because they're a Boston-based team. My dad being from Boston, I'm a Red Sox fan. That was how I decided to keep the Patriots. Okay. And that gives them a little bit of an advantage. Plus, Bill Belichick's the GOAT. Yeah, but he's almost but he, done. He's almost seven, and he's almost done. We'll see. I just there was that there was a lot that goes into that. But that's where I did come in to where at the end I was I'd go down to New England and Miami. And I went I kept New England for now. We'll see. What I happens. mean, here's the real question. 
what's the likelihood of anyone but Cincinnati being your team? Um, I will say that the clubhouse leader, it's actually about even. If I had, well, okay. If we were going to set the odds, the Bengals are probably the leader still. And again, it's the Joe Burrow thing. You know that. I know that. I'm not going to lie about it. But the team to be looking out for here is the Detroit Lions. I love Dan Campbell. I know you do. Love the get down. Love they went and got a quarterback late. I think that's a team. That's a team that's going to be a problem for a lot of teams. Okay. I think that I just I love everything about what they're doing. I love that they went and got a quarterback to back up staff uh, um golf. I got a young <laughs> one. I was a Stafford golf. Uh I always say golf like Judge Smells is golf. Yeah. Uh, but I just like what they're doing. And that's a team that if you were gonna bet on somebody as a long shot, that might be the one to think about. So, All right. I'm I I'm, I'm yeah. A couple other teams. I like what the Bears are doing. Yeah, I love what the Texans are doing. I, I said on Tyler Jones's podcast, not this past week, but one week before, if I were a coach and I got to choose any situation to go into in the NFL, I'd want to be the coach of the Houston Texans. All right. I just love that you basically got a blank slate. Sure. With, now you've got a franchise quarterback. You've got two phenomenally great defensive players, one in the front and one in the back. And boy, and they got a shitload of salary cap room. Yeah. That's a team that you can build something. What they did when they got rid of Deshaun Watson, they did that right. They took, they took a bullet in the ass last season. And I know that, you know, they, they Lovey Smith helped them win that last game. And they get second pick instead of the first pick. Yep. But look at what they did. Had they not done that, had they gotten the first pick, they would not have made the trades that got them two and three. Sure. And I think that you were they were better off with Stroud and Will Anderson than with getting Bryce Young. Okay. So I can I again I think it's yeah, and then they got Derek Stingley in the backside. It's just phenomenal. So, um, yeah, I, that's another one to take a look at. I love what the Bears are doing. The Steelers are quietly amassing a monster roster. They don't have a great quarterback, but Kenny Pickett, I think, is good enough. Sure. Um, Buffalo is Buffalo. That team, I mean, that team's just got everything you'd want. The Eagles are the Eagles. They're great. I love what Seattle's doing. I like what the Giants are doing. Again, these 10 teams, these are the 10 teams I think are doing stuff. Okay. These are the 10 teams I think are, can make strides. And I'm going to root for someone who's trapped, who's giving a fuck. Right. So, yeah. All right. So we're in there now. That's where we're at on elimination time. We're down to 10. Now, I mentioned the Tennessee Titans and why we eliminated them. Part of the thinking was we saw I saw a report today again. I already had the Titans scheduled to be eliminated, but I saw a report today where the Titans are considering trading Derrick Henry. They've kind of been half in, half out. I'm of the impression when it comes to things like this, you're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. You can't okay. can't go back. So 
the team that's very interested in trading is their in-division rival, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm sorry, not the same division, in the same conference. So say the Bengals are considering a trade for Derrick Henry. Okay. Um, people should be scared of this if you're mm-hmm. not a Bengals. You add Derrick Henry to that offense. Right. All the passing weapons. I don't see how they're not the favorite. Yeah, no, I mean, it gives them a solid run option instead of relying on their three pack of receivers. Yeah. And when you and when you do that and you look at it and go, okay, now we have this this great running back in a solid run game. You're going to be able to, that's going to open up play action for Joe Burrow. It's going to be able oh, to sure. open up some things that, that they haven't even been able to do yet. And that's not that, that Mixon's been bad. He's been great. He was a little injured this past season. But, I mean, Derek Henry's different now. He is the best player of this generation at running back. Yes. He's the best player since Adrian Peterson at running back. Yeah. The only real Hall of Fame running back in the league right now. And I think even at the twilight of his career, and he's probably got two or three good seasons left in him. Even if he, yeah. Even if he's just there for a couple seasons, you, they'd be real hard pressed to be beaten in a, in a playoff situation. I mean, it's just, it, it's, I'd throw that offense out there against Patrick Mahomes any time of the week. It would definitely be a fun game, for yeah. sure. We're going to see that game if, if without Derrick Henry. If he's not there, we're going to see that game New Year's Eve. Yes. I don't know if I want to go out to Arrowhead on New Year's Eve. Yes, if I do, do, but can you imagine me? Because in, 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 I'm going to wear a Joe Burrow jersey if I'm going out there. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow jersey on New Year's Eve. And if the Bengals were to win... Oh man, I may be that may be uncontrolled. But I if it's like the Christmas Day game, it'll be a new it's a new game, right? Oh you know that's getting flexed to late. There's no way that's the nationwide game. There's no way it's not at four three o'clock local or seven o'clock at night. Uh, that's fair. But I mean that I got gonna be, ain't gonna be the noon, ain't gonna be the one o'clock eastern noon local time game. I mean, hell, that's too big. The, the the New Year's Day game of the the Chiefs uh, Broncos this year was perfect. It was sunny and warm enough, and yeah, yeah what can keep me away from that? What can keep me away from that is cold. I do not do cold weather. I am that is not my thing. No, 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 no. So yeah, I I got extremely lucky. Yeah. Yes, you did. Um, Hey, last thing I want to talk about. This is something I kind of in passing saw today, and and I, I I'm hoping, I'm holding out hope against hope. I guess this isn't the last thing I want to think about, but um, Phoenix, Arizona just had a vote to get a new arena for the Phoenix Coyotes NHL team. Yes, the vote failed. Yes, they're not getting a team. Their attendance has been horrible. They've had to play on campus at Arizona State this season. They could not sell out games there. Um, the Coyotes have got to be on the move. Yes. I saw a Twitter poll put out there by a couple of hockey people saying, where should the Coyotes move to? And they gave four places. Quebec, who used to have the North, uh, used to have a team. Mm-hmm. Houston, huge market. I mean, let's be honest. One of the top five markets. 
But that, but against Houston, it's not exactly exactly a cold weather paradise. <laughs> I mean, that's the big argument with the Final Four for the NHL. It's all Sun Belt teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, now that the Oilers have been limited, I was wearing my Oilers golf shirt today. Uh, no team from Canada has won the uh, Stanley Cup in like 12 years. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, the third one was Atlanta, who had a team. If you remember, the Thrashers were there. Yep. And it didn't go so well. And then Salt Lake City, which I, I, I get, you know, it's a wintertime place. Bigger city, but it's not a great big market. And maybe they would support hockey, um, but can they really support two major league franchises? Sharing, have, yeah, sharing the sharing same arena. Yes. So Makes I don't a know about huge that. Difference. So I have an idea for the Phoenix Coyotes. I posted this out on Twitter. I've gotten some good feedback so far. The Phoenix Coyotes should move to Kansas City. I mean, listen, this has been the argument for the Sprint Center, T-Mobile, whatever the hell you want to call it, for the last five years. They need a professional franchise in that facility, and they would kill. Yes. This nuts. If anybody would move a team here. And (laughs) pardon me. When they first built was Sprint Center now T-Mobile Center. There was talk of the Pittsburgh Penguins moving here. Yep. Mario Lemieux was the co-owner of the team at the time. He actually leveraged the conversations he was having with the arena to get a new stadium, a new arena in Pittsburgh. Yep. There's been a couple others. This happened with the Oklahoma City Thunder. It happened with the New Orleans Pelicans, where they leveraged Kansas City and that arena specifically to – get new arenas by threatening to move because there's a great fan base. The yes. Chiefs have shown it's a great fan base. The royal success in the late 20, 2010s shows this is a great city if you're wanting to be successful. If you're yeah. wanting to put effort in and, and this team the city will get behind you. It's a great facility. It's run by AEG, which is the same company that runs um used to be Staples Center. Now it's funnymoney.com yep. and a few of these others. Now, the, the thing we see now here with T-Mobile centers, they get a lot of concerts. We get a shitload of them. Yes. Everything that goes to funnymoney.com stadium uh, arena also has to come here. That's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. So they don't have a tenant, an anchor tenant, as they call it. Yes. This is the opportunity for Kansas City to step in and say, let's get an anchor tenant. And yes. hockey could be huge here especially now that it's on espn it's on turner you can find the games on television you would be in the west you could automatically have a rivalry with denver yeah with with avalanche you already have you have the blues in st louis these are these are very blackhawks yeah blackhawks in chicago and and i think especially the denver and st louis things because those are really the two rivals Kansas City and St. Louis have always been kind of rivals in cities, and then Denver and Kansas City have been rivals in sports. Right. It would be an I-70 kind of warpath. This is the perfect opportunity. Yes. And we got to get people in Kansas City around this idea of moving the Phoenix Coyotes to Kansas City. You know what needs to be done? 
Mahomes, Kelsey. That's exactly Deer, where I was going. Deer Patrick Mayor, Mahomes got to find a way to buy that team. Yes. Patrick Mahomes needs to find a way to get a group together because a hockey team costs a hell of a lot less than an NBA team, uh, yep. and, and in, uh, a Major League Baseball team or an NFL team. And I mean, he's got ownership interests in the Royals. He and his his, his, his wife, wife is the one of the, is the majority the owner of the current. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, this is perfect for him. If yeah, he wants to do something. I am imploring Patrick Mahomes. We know you got the money. We know you can make more. This needs to be done. Get hey. a group together. He got Whataburger here yeah, or yeah. in Kansas City. Yeah. Get another franchise coming in. This is in and, and look, you have Whataburger as a sponsor. You've got all these other things, it all ties together. And I I will commit to buying season tickets if they will get a team. If they if if they were able to secure coyotes or some other team, I haven't heard of any expansion. No, but those season tickets would sell out incredibly fast for that first season. I would buy a lower level good tickets and I'd get the whole goddamn season. Yeah, playoff hockey has got me, has hooked me in. So I mean, I'm, wearing an, I'm wearing an Edmonton Oilers golf shirt right now, I got recently because I have been rooting for the Oilers the whole time. I can't believe they lost to the Knights. Yeah, yeah that blew it for me on something big, but I, I've enjoyed it and I will be all in. For a Kansas City, I'll be fan number one. And I'm imploring, I agree with you 100%. Patrick Mahomes, please help get a group together and bring the the, the Coyotes to Kansas City. Yeah. Please. Kansas City Coyotes, man. I, I Change the name if you want. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. And the Coyotes thing actually does work here. But, yeah. man... If you want to pay the ode to Kansas City, do whatever you want. Just make it whatever the fuck you want to make it. But, man, let's get a team. Let's get some people together, and let's do this thing. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, please, Patrick, if you're listening to me, you know, look, I saved your brother. I could have killed him. I could have killed him that day, and I saved your brother's life. I'm sorry for people he's harmed since, but that's not my fault. I almost hit, I almost hit Jackson with a car one day. That was not my fault. He ran out in front of me. You know, if I, I, had, I would have never been convicted either. Never. I would have never been convicted. I, so, I'm glad that you um, missed committing vehicular homicide. So that's good. I have no, no jury in Kansas would have ever convicted me. How much money do you think I could have raised on a GoFundMe for my legal expenses? It'd have been a lot. It would have been a ridiculous amount. Yes. I could have had the coach photos podcast. I would have served a couple of years probably. But I could have had we would have figured out a way to keep the podcast going. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, last thing I know I talked about during basketball season, the epidemic that is how basketball is being played. The three, the warriorification, if you will. Yes. Of the NBA. E, there is an epidemic in Major League Baseball now. Tell me about it. And we got to talk about it. 
I mean, this is the yeah. last thing we're going to cover today. And I, I want everybody in you hearing this to watch games and realize this is happening. The pitch clock is a big deal. And it's doing some real good for shortening games. Games are like 30 minutes shorter. They are more interesting. Scoring is up. But here's what it's done. It has made pitchers, I don't want to say, I, I, they've become um, too micromanage of the strike zone. Okay. Here's what I'm seeing. Walks are way up. Um, home runs are up, runs are up, ERAs are up. And it's because what you will see is because of the pitch clock and pitchers having to hurry, they are trying to pitch perfect pitches on every pitch. Okay. And they're trying to hit the corners too much. They're trying to nibble. Here's how I figured it out. I'm at work. I'm at the office late one day last week. And I'm watching a game, and I got a game with StatCast. Okay. And I noticed it was like every damn pitch was just outside, just low, just high. And it's the corners, and it's low. And then I was watching a couple other games this weekend, and I kept noticing it over and over and over again. Uh-huh. Especially bullpen pitching. Bullpens are awful right now. Okay. I don't think anybody has a good bullpen in Major League Baseball right now, except for the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't think anybody has a goddamn good bullpen. If you watch, everyone is trying to nibble, and they're trying so hard to strike everybody out. They're afraid of contact. Interesting. Okay. They're afraid of contact. I'm sitting here watching games, and all I can think of is, what in the hell? If it's a... If you get an 0-2 count, you are not the, the batter is not going to see a strike for four pitches until it's 3-2. Okay. If it's a 3-0 count, it's going to be on the outside of the plate, um, low and away. Trying to nibble that piece to sneak in a strike. Everyone's doing it. And it's going to create more walks. It's making more pitches. That's slowing the game down even more. And it's making it at times. We're not seeing good pitching at all. Okay. Even the best pitchers are not pitching well right now. Verlander got beat last night. Otani got beat this week. Um, everybody, Scherzer's gotten beat a couple times. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Sure. It, the best pitchers are doing it too. And every fucking bull, no lead is safe. You could be up 6 2 in the eighth. You might lose that game 7 6. No lead is safe. The, 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 the LA Dodgers, the team that has the best 1 to 25, has a horrible bullpen. Yeah. No lead is safe in the Dodger game. They got a game last week. They were up 7-1. Lost the game 8-7. Oh, man. Because the bullpen's off. And it's because they all nibble. They walk too many batters. We've talked about how in basketball, you got to value every possession. Right. In baseball, you've got seven guys behind you. 
and one in front of you if you're the pitcher. Right. You got eight guys playing defense, and they're the best players in the world. They're going to make plays. Pitch some contact. Not every, not everyone's going to square it up and hit it over the fucking fence. Right. The best, the best hitters hit 300. And right now, some of the best hitters in the world, Mookie Betts is hitting like 240. Bryce Harper's hitting barely over 200. He just got back. But I mean, no one's hitting over 300. You know who leads, leads Major League Baseball in OPS? I do not. Rent. Rooker of the Oakland A's. Who in the hell is, is that? The, exactly. <laughs> he is the only player with an over 1.0 OPS. That's on base plus slugging. Right. And he's and he's um he's tied for the major league lead in home runs with Raphael Devers at 11. We're almost we're halfway through May, and the most home runs anyone's got is 11. That's surprising. Yes, it is. No one's near 20 yet. But there's lots of walks. They're way up. Blown saves. Way up. Scoring's happening late in games. And it's because pitchers can't pitch. They're too worried about giving up a big hit and not playing the contact. The best hitters hit 300. That's three out of seven, three out of 10 times they're going to get a hit. Right. You got the best defensive players in the world behind you. Play to the defense, especially if you're a good team. Well, make them earn their money, right? Yes. Absolutely. Make them earn it. Don't give it to them. You want to know why? I was just watching the game earlier. Kansas City Royals just beat – the Kansas City Royals are bad, by the way. They're, like, aggressively bad. They just beat the Padres. And the reason the Padres are under 500 right now is because their lineup, no one's hitting 300. They got Juan Soto, right. one of the best hitters of all time. And, and- – the Royals have beat up on the Padres so far. Yes, they beat them two out of three this week. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and it, their pitching staff's horrible. And it's yeah. because they just everyone's nibbling on the edges trying to draw called strikes. Hmm. If I was a major league hitter right now, I wouldn't swing at a goddamn thing until there's two strikes. I wouldn't swing at anything until there's, there's a 3-2 count. I'm going to okay. make you pitch to me. So pitch Awful. Baseball has looked bad at times this season. And I love baseball. And I and I don't mind it. And I, I don't blame it purely on the pitch clock. I do like the pitch clock has moved these games faster. Right. What it's doing is it's making these pitchers, they're so scared of getting the extra ball on the pitch clock violation. They're hurrying and they're hurrying to try to hit spots. Instead of throwing. I'll be curious to revisit this post-All-Star. Yeah, let's see what happens. I I just could not believe I was looking. I'll pull this up real quick. Um, Let me go pull up completely. I want to give you an idea. There are 22 players in Major League Baseball hitting over 300. 22. That's less than one per team. Wow. Yeah. Huh. 
Interesting. Um, the, home run, yeah, the home run thing. And I'm sorry, I was incorrect. It was earlier in the week. It was 11 home runs. Uh, number one now, Max Muncie and Pete Alonso are at 14. Oh, well, still. Muncie hit one a day. So that was better than 14. Him and Alonso are at 14. Patrick Wisdom of the Cubs is at 12. He's had a so, great season so far. He's had a great season. Um, but yeah, but then you go look at his walks. Juan Soto has 39 walks in 44 games. He walks everyone once a game. That's right. ridiculous. Um, more players have 20 walks this season than a 300 batting average. 44 players have 20 walks. Wow. And you know you're going to have lots of strikeouts. It's the nature of the game. Matt yeah. Olson Braves got 61 strikeouts in 42 games. He strikes out an amazing number of times. But that's the thing is that you know you're going to have strikeouts. Yeah. It matters. You're going to strike some people out. Pitch the contact. There's nobody hitting a shitload of home runs. No one's got an average above 300. I mean, 22 guys and 32 te- 30 teams. Right. Let me come on now. I mean, and you look at this when I when I show you this average, is I'm gonna name some of the guys here. Okay. So top five. These guys are all here. There's six, yeah, there's five of them. Top five guys hitting 320 or above. Luis Arez from the Marlins is hitting 386. It's a phenomenal season he's having. Yeah, that's um Acuna, who I love Ronald Acuna, is hitting 348. Elias Diaz of the Rockies is hitting 330. Then you got Matt Chapman and Bo Bichette of the Blue Jays both hitting 322. Yanni Diaz from the Rays is hitting 321. That's six players hitting 320 in the whole Major League Baseball. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to look through here and see. I mean, there's whole teams that don't have a player in here. There's a couple teams that have multiples. Toronto's got three guys hitting above 300. The two I mentioned, Chapman, Bichette, and Guerrero sitting 312. Uh, Boston has two, Verdugo and Mataka uh, Yoshida, who is awesome, by the way, if you haven't seen him play yet. Um, Philly has two, Nick Castellanos, JT Romuto. But nobody else has got two. Take that back, Tampa. So a lot. Tampa has two. Diaz and Randy Rosarine. Okay. But if teams have two... Four teams have two. There's how many teams don't have any? Right. Pitch. No strikes. Don't walk anybody. Play the game. Yeah, play the game. I mean, look, don't walk anybody. Let them get themselves out. You know, the whole part of Moneyball, it's a great line in the movie, which is part of the, which is the line in the book. If a guy is going to give up and out by sacrificing, pick the ball, but throw it to first base. Right. It's going to work. They've still got to get a couple of hits. Sure, yeah. You get a runner to second with two outs. You still need two hits unless you get a double. You still need at least one hit. Pitch, pitch contact. It works at every level of baseball. It's worked in the major leagues before. It will continue to work. Uh, I want to see something else here. Nine players for 40 games in. Nine players have 50 hits. So we're a quarter of the way into the season. It used to be 200 hits was a fantastic season. Okay. 
nine guys in Major League Baseball have 50 hits. No one has 60. Interesting. Fourteen players have fifty strikeouts. That's two to one. Yeah. Come on, people. I just, yeah. I, I, I ask you if you're watching the ball game, watch, check that out. It'll be interesting. I'll pay attention to that. Uh, and I'll watch in the stat cast. You'll see it, and then when you'll see it, because everyone now does it with the screen and shows you where the pitch is and the strike yep. zone. The K zone. It's the quarters. In the K zone, it's always the corners. They're nibbling. I call it nibbling. It drives me crazy. Yeah. And it's it's an epidemic. So yeah. Um, real quick before we get out of here, also I want to bring up another great um uh sponsor for the podcast is Stitch Fix. All right, we're in spring, summer's practically here. You're gonna need some new shit. Look, some of us put on a little bit of weight, some people got smaller over the summer or over the winter. You need to freshen up your wardrobe. The best way I do it is Stitch Fix. I got stuff coming every month now. You can do it every month, every two months, every six months, however you want to do it. But check it out. If they got a great app, check out the link in the show notes. You get $25 off your first box. And from there, you can set your prices. You can look on the app, say, I like this. I don't like this. I got my little alert a couple weeks ago. And I was like, it was like 10 days ago. And I went, ah, don't like that. Ah, don't like that. Don't like that. And they took those out. And added something new. Nice. I liked all the three pieces they added. So I got my box and I went, oh, keeping all these. And I got seven pieces for $195. Awesome. I don't know where you can do, get a lot of that. So if you hate shopping like I do, it's a great way to flip your wardrobe, get you some new stuff, and kind of get you ready for the summer. Boom. Check out Stitch Fix. We appreciate them sponsoring the podcast. Um. E, anything else you got going? I know you're getting ready to go on vacation and have a, a week, a week in paradise. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's next week hanging out there. Tomorrow, I think we'll be going to Game Two uh, for the Nuggets Lakers series, and uh, then it'll just be nice to disconnect for a solid week for a change. So there you go. So uh, thanks for coming on a little bit early for me this week. I sure do appreciate it. So sure thing. thing as well. You guys have a lot of fun in Belize. It's going to be a blast. You guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you again for coming in. I also want to say thank you to Tyler Jones and everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate every five-star review. So until next week, I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. That's Ellen Wiginter. Have a great week, and remember your time tokens are not a fun. Take care, everybody.